Blimey, so this is exciting. Episode two. I know, and no further lockdown yet. No. So imagine I'm, how short episode, uh, season two could have been if they'd yeah. gone right. Well, don't speak too soon, but and we'll try and not do too much COVID lockdown bans, right? Because we did quite a lot of that with Dave. I mean, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah, there are other things. But um, no, it's going to be Ant and Mike, uh, ECDs, uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, these guys are brilliant. Uh, I've known them for years from Saatchi days. And um, annoyingly, every single thing they do is brilliant. And so you hope that they're real tossers and ugly and everything, but they're not. They're just really, they're very lovely looking. They're charming, funny. There's no surprise they're so successful. So, and they've, they've brilliantly for us, not only have they done loads of great work, tons and tons of great billboard stuff. So they're, I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, and a couple of great lads. You'll have yeah, I've, I've not met them before. I've been, we've been on email chains about work stuff, um, but not actually met them face to face. So it's going to be good to no, know. It's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to faces it. Faces to names. Yeah. Uh, shall I go and get them this time? Yeah, off you go. Right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so, and Mike, uh, welcome to Behind the Billboard. Thanks for coming in today. This has been a very long time coming, and not just because of the, you know what, global pandemic, but um, right from the outset, I was saying to Dan, we've got to get you two in just because of the amount of work you've done, knowing you, obviously, from Saatchi days, but seeing you go on and on uh, since then. So, um, thanks so much for coming in and uh, chatting to us today. So, how are you? How is life, Adam and Eve? moment uh yeah good and and weird um not being there um being at home but no um yeah still going well still very busy still massively enjoying it but yeah it's so the office the office isn't open yet uh it is open um but just for people who who um don't have internet or their kids are driving them crazy so um (laughs) yeah so um you can go in but um i think most people are still working from home at the moment and what's it been like managing a creative team from the kitchen and from their kitchens and living rooms and bedrooms it's interesting i mean it's it's game parts and really difficult in others um i think the hardest thing is trying to keep some kind of sense of community and keeping everyone involved and staying in touch i mean just you're literally back to back on meetings and conference calls and whatever to then have time or find time in which to call teams and speak to them and share them all right and yeah yeah it's that's, it's tough and it, you know an agency has a culture you can't have a culture when you're in 40 different places trying to do something over a yeah. sort of webex thing so that's that's been the hardest bit the, actually doing the work and getting through the work is you know that's doable and and, and fine but yeah like i said it's trying to have that glue as a creative department. There. Have you got a? I mean, I've noticed um, campaign are kind of doing featuring some agencies, like going all back to work. And that have you? Do you feel are people in there at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it's open to I think twenty five percent. We can go up to twenty five percent capacity, which would be probably over hundred people at our place. Right, right. But I mean, we've been in. We try to go in once a week, and there's probably no more than a dozen, maybe twenty at the most. But what it, it, it's handy for a pitch on because everyone can get into. An area together, yeah, yeah. I was say one room, but that's not loud. <laughs> yeah. into, into an area together and basically just discuss and brief and do whatever, and then you go off and do your own things, and then come back in a week's time or whatever. Then it's really, really useful. Yeah, I I did some freelance the day at BNB, and I was um, working on projects, and there was a pitch going on. And they said, "Oh, can you just come and have a look at this?" And it was really, I, th- 
it felt really good for pitching because like you want that spontaneity, that kind of, what do you think? Should we try this, try that? Which is crucial, isn't it? For projects like that. But when you've got maybe more established campaigns, you're kind of going, well, oh, sorry. Knocking me, yeah. Uh, We're in a new room, so it's <laughs> yeah. going to be weird sorry, and echoes. And, uh... when, the, when the cups start falling off the table. But I thought, <laughs> whereas I suppose if you're maybe briefing teams, they can be working at home, like I said, and then, you know, they can send you the doc and you can go through mm. it and yada, yada. I suppose for me, though, I, I still kind of, I think people do miss that camaraderie and being with literally with people. Some of, some of the interviews I heard on um, the Dave Wave podcast and various other ones, some people said, oh, they're quite enjoying being at home. And then other people are going, they're really missing it. I don't know. Have you got a feeling? Are you, do you, you prefer to be in, I imagine? Yeah, I think from a work point of view, without shadow. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing for me because we had our first baby just before Christmas. So Congratulations. He's now nearly nine months and I've been, a, been in the office five weeks. Right. So from right. that point of view, it's been phenomenal. Have you told your wife but, that it's not always going to be like that? Yeah, no, she thinks that <laughs> that's the norm, which yeah. she's going to be. Reality shock in a few yeah. months, but um, yeah, it, it's it's there are bits that are great about it, and that, and then also other bits that are horrible. I think because there's no end of day necessarily, because even when you leave a building, you'll have to do a few emails here and there. But mentally, you're a bit like, well, I'm out now, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's my time. Yeah. And even at weekends, there isn't that divide of home yeah. office. So all of a sudden, you're always in your office in a funny yeah. kind of way and it's just it's quite draining doing yeah my, my wife has started talking about um the top of the house as that room <laughs> like you know they kind of like and then i yeah i can see that because normally if you get on a train and go home or go you know you're thinking all right well that's over there mm. and now we have this space and it's yeah it's harder i but think i think it's going to be really interesting to see over the next six months how much creative work that's been happening and development work's been happening over this over the lockdown period because to me yeah, having worked in agencies, lots of ideas and bouncing off ideas comes through the camaraderie of a team. And that's not necessarily just the two working on the project, but the wider team as well. Um, the water cooler, over lunch, talking about something else, being in London, you know, there's that kind of the social aspect of, of the creative development process. Um, whereas doing all that on a Zoom and, you know, you don't you don't zoom someone and just for a catch up and then oh you know what what do you think about this idea it doesn't happen you book these meetings in and so that creative process has had to have changed for for a lot of people so yeah be quite interesting what happens over the next six months as the work starts to develop and come out yeah I think it's hard as well because you know advertising is such a visual business now that when you're working on pitches or, or bigger things to to not have the kind of ability to spread the work out and put yeah, it all down massive. and go well that bit doesn't really gel with that bit and we need to look at the art direction or yeah the line on that one should be different on that one and you, and you know mm. and i think people standing around work discussing it is is you know sometimes where you get like a, yeah you would never have thought of that yourself yeah. and now you know i remember when you know we were at sarches with drogo he said one of the best things about working here is everyone along this corridor is is amazing take your work down there, show them, you know, you yeah. don't have to listen to what they say, but you're going to get, they will make the work better by the time you've got to the end of the corridor. And, you know, I saw was something we've done and even still do to today. It's like, what yeah, this, you know, that's a great, I love that idea about, I love putting stuff on walls and just people popping their head around and going, oh, I like that. I remember at BBH Hegarty sort of, if you, you put it up, you put it just as he walked by. So you knew you could try and catch his eye. And if you liked it, you say, oh, I'll take that, you know, and, uh, 
I think, yeah, you're right. That's, uh, I was just thinking when you're talking, is there going to be a massive kind of falling off a cliff of the creative standards at work as well? Like at the award shows, is there going to be this sort of like, up until like the end of February, well, these are quite good. I can't like this sort of Dracula thing and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, oh, that was it. That's the goal. We, we normally ask this question, which is, um, so have you seen any good billboards lately? But Dan and I thought we should reconstruct it as just say, have you seen any billboards lately? Um, it's very, uh, it's a bit, I mean, there were one or two in lockdown, which caught our eye, but is there anything in the last, I don't know, six months where you've seen either in lockdown or before we thought, oh, I like that. Christ, that's a question. Yeah. Big, this big, big silence. <laughs> It's funny though, isn't it? Like nothing jumps to mind. Yeah. Normally you'd be like, yeah, I saw that. That was great. That was great. I can't. I mean, the one, one we quite liked was, I mean, it's going back now a bit, but it was um, Rich Denny's thing, the SHN. So yes. The, the NHS yeah. logo the other way. Which yeah. was lovely. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah, great. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's been quite interesting this, you know, we've, as I say, we've all been sat at home and the billboards that we have been seeing, the really nice ones, they've all been on social. Well, that's been on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, because someone's gone out, someone's done a piece of creative work, gone out, photo's been taken a bit, and it's been pushed up on social. So kind of the, the billboard medium does live on on social while we're all locked down. So it's, it's, that has been quite interesting. So all of the stuff I saw there from, from Rich was all through mm. the power of social. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kicked off another few ideas of people who have come up with stuff that's kind of living out of home, but then... Um, uh, amp being amplified on social. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting when it, when lockdown first started and a lot of posters were almost just like good good news messages, I suppose, or yeah. you know, thanking the NHS, whatever. Mm -hmm. That period was actually quite nice where you were bombarded with loads of different like ad messages. It was just like yeah. cheering you up a little bit. It was like yeah. it was quite cool. Yeah. Makes no, a change. No, I think you're right. I think, but then now you're kind of going, right, okay, the clapping has stopped and you're kind of going, Still, there still isn't much out there. I mean, I'm always sort of looking on, well, it's like on websites, isn't it, on social, where that that is where posters sort of will be seen more more frequently, I suppose. Um, I think I think the best ones that, that, that I saw, I don't ex exactly know whether they were for real or not, was a student team that was out of the States for Netflix. Did you see that? Yeah. Netflix spoilers. Yeah, it was, it was, was not phenomenal. real. Unfortunately, it was a fake. Was it not? It was brilliant. So good. So Thinking good. behind that was phenomenal. Yeah, it's good. It's kind of weird that, you know, posters now that you talk about the digital thing, you almost want a poster that's so good people take a picture of it and then post it yeah. online. I mean, it's is true to what you're saying, Mike, that when people are writing them or when they're going out, you do think, okay, we have a passing public who are going to look at them and then ideally someone take a photo of that and share it. And then, yeah. and then that starts the effect going, oh, that's good, I'll rob that. And then before you know it, it's... I mean, I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Instagram. So if I see stuff I like, I kind of, I'll repost it and I'll credit the person. And that is probably the, the way it goes now, it? regardless of COVID or not. I mean, if you take, I, I sort of look at stuff and go, you think, yeah, is that, a, you know, is that a cool iconic image or a headline? Is it worthy of sharing, you know? Oh, I mean, the, we touched briefly on the, the power of, outdoor to do good and we're gonna we are gonna move on quickly to your body of work but you know in there is nspcc and and calm um calm project 84 it, you know that is 
you've you've looked at the medium and said it is useful for this purpose and we can get a message out there and either to to shock or or to 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 get people to look at the space differently and to think about what they're up to um and over that lockdown period i think that's what outdoor was was being used for the the nhs messaging the clap for carers messaging um we worked on a campaign called sending love which is this this global thing where people could kind of create their own billboards and send love to a different place in the world where they that they couldn't get to um and i think it shows that the medium is is kind of because it's highly visible you can get a great message out there that is either supportive or or to uh, to generate interest in a in a charity um should we get into yeah. the work I mean, and think about before we get into it, we always ask what was your first billboard can you remember and uh, was it at Sarchi's under drogue or did you um we always try and get people to tell us what they're you don't have to be proud as well we've got a good story about this oh there you go uh it was the toyota okay oh uh, we was Land Cruiser. <laughs> um i'll let Ant tell the story because yeah it was it was a very interesting shoot um which which you can tell Oh, nice. That's <laughs> properly teeing me up. So it was for Total Land Cruiser. Uh, it was before Drove Me Joined, actually. So oh, it was, we were hired by Alex and Adam and oh, okay. um, John and Matt. Um, and it was one of those we just, I think, actually, I don't know whether we'd been hired or we'd just come up with the idea before. Yeah. We were definitely hired once we made it, anyway. And um, the headline was just, The World Is Not Round. And it was basically a shot of a Land Cruiser. In this crazy, like raggy, ragged uh, landscape. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we went off to Wales to shoot it. And um, the night before, we were staying in this hotel just near Snowdonia. And we we're having dinner and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the, we said, Is the car here? It's like, Yeah, it's on the back <laughs> of this articulated truck parked in the car park. We're like, cool, cool, cool. And um, the account guy at the time, as we were having dinner, said, Christ, I hope it doesn't get stolen. I was like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, following morning, went to bed. Got up, came down for breakfast, and there's two policemen standing at our table where we're having breakfast. And I thought, well, they're winding me up because they know it's my first shoot. I'm yeah. 21 years old. <laughs> I can see it. And uh, so I sat down, and basically, it had been stolen the night before. <laughs> and it, the, the truck had basically just got one of those tarpaulin backs on the truck, and they just cut the straps, whipped it off. And stupidly, the driver, like classic, you know, movie moment, had left the keys under the sun visor. No. no. Yeah. Seriously. Um, so they'd stolen two planks of wood from the like building site next door, propped it up on the back of the truck, reversed the car off, uh, stole it. Anyway, uh, 20 minutes later, the police had found it. They'd hit somebody. In it, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and then ditched the car. Um, luckily, the person they'd hit, they went to hospital and apparently they were fine and not too right. bad. Um, but the whole side of the car, and it had to be the side that we were shooting as well, wasn't it? Like front three quarters was was dinted. So we on the on the on the day of the shoot, we don't you obviously only have a short window of time in which to get it and the lights right or whatever. We'd lost the whole morning because they were fingerprinting it and whatever. Um we got it up there, the whole side of the car was missing pretty much. Uh, we just had to shoot it, fix it in post, flip, yeah. flip it, shoot it that side, and then use all the panels and whatever. And so it was a massive retouching job, but it turned out really well, actually. But 
Oh my God, that's like, that. that's, that's like the whole episode of this episode done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was quite long-winded, that one. <laughs> Were you absolutely cacking yourself thinking first job? And when, Did you ring up and say to Alex um, and Adam? Absolutely not. <laughs> Everything's fine. Yeah. Can you imagine speaking to Alex Taylor and going, I'm really oh. sorry about this. She would have ripped me to pieces. So did it come out, obviously, you know, when you sent the, uh, did you go straight to retouch and go, we're just going to do some retouch and don't look at the images just yet? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Seriously? Pretty much. We didn't have to do select as such. It's just like. Did you have a good account man on you? On your team? It was the two guys, oh, right, a guy called it? Johnny Wright. Johnny Wright, and, yeah. And, I thought you'd say that. And a far younger guy called Scott Morrison, who was right. brilliant as well. Um, Johnny Wright's a legend. Yeah, no, phenomenal. Love that man. Um, so he covered his... Oh, well done. Well, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it didn't do enough to put you off, um, put you off outdoor. Is it, is it one of your favourite mediums? Is it something that you, you know, when you're, when you're looking at work now, are you still going, you know, yeah, I mean, as opposed to that? I think it's brilliant. I still think it's like the, tr- the purest form of advertising. And I actually think it's the hardest because you don't have any time to tell a story. And it's not like TV where you've got 30, 60 seconds in which to tell a story. Yeah. You've got, I don't know, five, 10 seconds in which to get your message across. You can't have too many words. Your visual's got to do, if you have a visual, obviously, so much levy, heavy lifting. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah. and what, what I think is quite sad, I don't, I don't know whether colleges are necessarily doing this or whatever, that they think posters are outdoor are a little bit old and dead or whatever, I've no idea. But I don't, we find that students don't have as much uh, out-of-home out work in their portfolios. And I think that is a true test of like really distilling your ideas mm. down to get a brilliant poster. Uh, and I think young teams find that quite difficult to do. That was the bit I always looked for in a student book, thinking, oh, great posters, we can either rattle through these and they're going to be great or they'll be rubbish, but either way, it's going to be easy because they're either work or they don't. Yeah. Whereas you've got scripts and all content-based stuff, it is a little bit more, you know, it's, it's a bit harder. Well, like I said, it's either going to work or it isn't, and then is it any good? And it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I always found posters the most... Posters and film are probably the most exciting things to ever work on. Yeah. I love radio, by the way. Anyone not not <laughs> fair radio? What I get annoyed with now, and it seems to be a sort of uh, something that's becoming more and more frequent, is you get a brief and they'll say, we want a key visual. And I'm like, well, what is a key visual? And they're like, well, it's, it's, it's out of home and, 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 and then, you know, in store. And I'm like, well, that's two very different things. Yeah. And they're like, well, they just want one asset that they can use across everything on the yeah. box. And, and I'm like, well, that's not really making the most of our home. Mm. Like, surely you would do something, you take the same idea from the film and you you execute that in our home. And and it's more like, you know, I think it's budgets. I think it's, you know, yeah. they just want something very simple. And I think I think you can see it massively, you know, that a lot of work suffers because yeah. of that. Yeah, it's frustrating because you can, you can understand why they yeah, want yeah. it, but then you go, look, if you just treat it, still from the same place, it's still from the same sort of campaign, but how about looking at it this way? You know, I think, yeah. Because it's always an opportunity, isn't it? It's always mm-hmm. an opportunity. So we've talked a few times about the, kind of the, the same thing, about the young creative teams coming through and the, the, the lack of posters. It used to be, you know, the book was full of posters and TV scripts. Um, but I wonder if the problem is also on the client side, as you said, you know, the, the in the marketing departments of, of brands is that you've got a 
you know, that, that's the same issue that, that, you know, those, the, the junior clients have grown up in the digital age. So they're thinking about digital first. They're thinking about, you know, the key visual, one key visual. And it's, it, you know, it's just not that it doesn't give yeah. the craft to each medium that it deserves. And, yeah. um, yeah, we've talked a few times about it being a creative yeah. problem, but actually maybe it's just a, maybe yeah. it's an industry problem and that's, that's client side, media agency side and creative yeah. agency side. Yeah. Maybe you can't blame them. You know, maybe that's just like the way they're being yeah. taught or that's the thing. Yeah. Like I think, we, I think with you mentioning craft as well, I think everyone's in uh, under such tight time restraints now that you don't have three, four or five days in which to sit down and actually craft something as well, which mm. is like so critical, I think, for out of home or anything in print. Because mm. um, the agencies are, you know, so busy and everything's quick turnaround and, you know, having that time where you just sit with a designer or, you know, like we used to go and sit with retouches for days. Yeah. It, like that just doesn't Especially happen. Especially on that so job. Especially yeah. on that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five weeks solid. I mean, I think the trouble with you know, a great poster will look really simple and easily because you think, oh, that probably just fell out of your brain. But that, that it takes absolutely ages to yeah. get to that, that level, which brings us nicely. Uh, let's talk about um, 18 to 30. But I thought that would be a good place to start. A, a sunny and controversial opening to your work. Um, how, so you started at Saatchi's, um 1998 around then is that right? I think. Yeah. And was how soon into your career did you did you create this campaign? Because I remember I was there, but I think you'd been there a while, didn't you? So that was when did we do that? 2002. So four, we were four years in, right? By then, and I recall you saying to me. So actually, for for listeners, could you describe? Um, the work, but then not too much graphic detail because we'll get taken off air. But if you could just say, um, we're looking at them now, if you could just sort of say roughly what the big idea is and how you got there. <laughs> it's, uh, Go on, Mike, I'll let you do that one. Thanks. Um, no, it was, me- yeah, uh, it was meant to look like a fairly innocent um, holiday snap that you would take on any sort of, you know, yeah. holiday for, People that age, and then kind of you look a little bit closer, and then uh, you know there's some some hidden details. Beautifully <laughs> uh, put, yeah. Um, to find, and you know, someone someone said that it was that. And I thought it was a really nice way of describing these. They, they said it was the first long copy visual ad that they'd seen, which I thought was a really nice nice way of putting it. But yeah, um, uh, yeah and it was just you know the kind of the reward of finding the the, the sort of the different hidden things. In, Is it in true that? I think um, you said you'd had another campaign which was more controversial than this. Yeah. Yeah. And then Diesel went and did it about five years later. Yeah. Dare I ask what it is or not? It was... I'm just trying to think of what the programme was that was out at the time. Can you remember? Yeah, it, it was um, It was kind of playing off the idea. There was, and then it was just a few of them. It was like Tenerife uncovered, Ibiza yeah, uncovered. That was right. it. So our idea was Ibiza covered. But we uh, we were using old porn- pornographic um, shots, but then covering them with right. holiday, um, you know, like a towel or an ice cream and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. Diesel did that amazing yes uh, film about like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, we're like Shit. Right. <laughs> well, you did, you did all right. With this. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you? I mean, they're they're, sort of, they're brilliantly um, crafted and art directed. 
shots. How did you? Well, I saw a half note because you sort of told me through Instagram. Could you tell? Because not not everyone listens to the show uh, follows us on Instagram. But if you don't, can you please start doing that? Um, well done. Here, that was that's the first unprompted yeah. push for um, our social. But. Um, how did you pull that off? Where did you get your cards from? And <laughs> no, how you can say you... that about Club 1830. <laughs> <laughs> how did you execute it, guys? Because um, I know there's a story about casting and how you positioned people. That yeah. Um, so a part of the campaign, however, they said that we had to use kids, basically, that were going on an 18th holiday that year. So we had to do a bit of a casting, but it was, it was almost like these are the people you have to use in, yeah. in the shop, blah, blah. We were like, okay, well, that's fine. Um, got over there and, and we were there for, I think, a week to, to do all three shots. And the first night we got there, we were like, right, I know everyone's excited. You're in Ibiza. You're 18, 19 years old or whatever. Don't go crazy because we're here to work type thing. And we had an amazing producer on here at the time. And uh, we were like, I think they've listened to it. I think, I think we've got this covered. <laughs> And then the following morning, it's not too dissimilar to the, the I don't know what, why we've always got police involved. <laughs> um, to, to, I think it was three, three of the, the um, cast or whatever had, had gone out, got hammered, somehow got arrested. They'd been thrown into a police cell and they'd basically beaten them up. The police had beaten them up. Um, so the following morning, they were covered in bruises, so much so that we couldn't use them. We were like... This is still shit. We can't be doing some beyond, research. Beyond research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we had to send them home. So we were like really restricted. So if you see in all three executions, it's obviously the same people just repeat. Um, just because we didn't have that. I know it's quite that. A huge so budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's only about 14 people. Are you, can I ask a really rugby standard in one of them? Is that you on the right, Mike? There's a mic in every one. Is it? Oh, good. So uh, you're keeping it professional? Well, yeah. I'm behind the camera. You see, I'm the art director. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a competition. Spot the mics up on these shots. And um, tell us, because I remember you said something. So you went out with Trevor Ray Hart, mm. the photographer. How is it working with him? Is he, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's a good actor. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, he shot quite a few of our stuff as well. He did a Tower Hamlets campaign with his yeah. role. And, and did he... It, did you kind of draw it all out before you got there? Were you there on the day? Because it's so well choreographed. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was basically me and I drawing that could work. Maybe that works. And we had like you know fifty ideas, and then we actually went to Regent's Park with Trevor, didn't we? Mm. One afternoon, and you know he kind really? of said, and we tried just a few things. So when we got there, because we again. Wow. It all works in perspective and we didn't know the exact locations or heights of stairs and stuff like that. So we, we, we kind of wanted to have at least 50 or so positions that we knew would work, but where we put them, we didn't know. So, and then we, wow. we kind of got there and just had to map each one out individually. So you would, had you written the ad and got it sold and then did that with Trevor afterwards saying, yeah, yeah so they sort of bought the idea and then you go, right, we've got to have our shit together. Yeah. yeah. So did you go to Regent's Park with 50 people? No, it was only a just handful. Two or three, and then we just repeated them and right, try that position. Right. Right. Try that position. And is oh, that how God. this works in production? Are you, is it pieced together from 12 shots? Are you, are you kind of... Yeah, I think... I think heavy well, we, we came back, I think it was something like 3,500 photos, but that was on film then. That wasn't wow. digital. So um, like the process of going through every single one, but it was literally... 
get in that position, right, move your left hand five centimetres, move mm. your right hand two centimetres. And literally you're snapping away, knowing that, because right. if your perspective changes, you know, even millimetres where the camera is, that might be feet yeah. in the distance. So it was a bit of a nightmare. Um, and they were both done over two days. So on the beach, for example, we literally had to have like little stakes in the ground saying left foot here, right foot there. Uh, and obviously you couldn't make selects on the day. It was just a matter of, yeah, I think she was in roughly that position. Right, mm. let's, let's crack on again. Um, it's, but I mean, it's just phenomenal because if you did it now, that would, it would, I don't know, it would have a more of a feel of, I don't know, it might, it didn't, if they fit, they just feel so real and, and believable and fun. I don't know, there's something about overly posty stuff. Mm. If you did it now, it might not feel, I don't know, the same. How did it go down? Did, was it what, um, how did Drago bite? Did he, was Drago happy with him? And he got back and he, uh, and he sort of questioned. He, he was quite, I always remember a story that he, I think he might have been interviewed when he said this, but he, he said he knew that it was going to be good when he got into the office really early one morning and he could hear two, two women laughing down the corridor. <laughs> and he was like, that's weird. There's only me in the office. What's going on? And he looked out. It was basically two, two cleaners. No. And we used, to have a, we used to have a wall where all the latest ads were up on that wall, latest campaigns. Yeah. And the two cleaners were basically just going through it and just pissing themselves, just picking out things. And it was like, that was the moment that I knew that these were like... That's good. good. That they were good. That's um, good. That's a good that's sign. That's a clean, maybe that's a test you should always give. Doggy, doggy style is my favourite <laughs> Easter egg in here. It's just, that's brilliant. Which one, sorry? The doggy oh, style. Oh, I know. Like throwing the ball for the Well, dog. that was the only one where we had actually two versions because we were like, have we gone too far? Here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, that's the one that the client was okay with. And they were like, no, that's really nice. there, was a, there was a funny moment when we were discussing, should, is the dog too much or is it? <laughs> and then, again, Drogo was saying, he's like, this is why I do advertising. Like my, my brother's a banker and he doesn't talk about whether a dog is... You know, <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love I've e emails that are titled things like... Um, yeah, the dog. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to ask was, uh, I never had the luck to work on um, 18 to 30. I was down the corridor doing ads for sex shops with Adam. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> did they, when you were briefed, did they actively always want controversy? And or was that yours and Droga's kind of point? Uh, well, it, it was one of the... It was one of those briefs that you, it's a dream brief, but a nightmare brief at the same time. Yeah. Like getting a Guinness brief or getting an economist brief because you're under such pressure to be what's been done. And, you know, Ed and Dave had done, yeah, still to this day, one of my favorite campaigns, which is the original 1830. Yeah. You know, the Viva Espana and all mm. those sort of posters, yeah. which was so good. Yes. Um, and, and, and yes, they were they sort of set the tone there and it, yeah. it was controversy, but clever controversy, not just yeah. controversy for controversy's sake. So, um, yeah, it was kind of, that was, because it sort of felt like, I remember then the person who got the brief after this uh, would, would have been a nightmare, but I think they kind of nearly stopped after this, didn't they? There wasn't too much, there was one or two pieces of work that came out, but then I think, well, times had changed and you probably couldn't run them this work now yeah. of course yeah. um, and I think as a I don't know as a brand do they still exist 
Big no, I think, I think, I think yeah. closed last year, wasn't it? It was a big thing, yeah. We, I mean, nothing yeah. very nearly never happened because um, we were planned to go out to, to do the shoot, I think, on the 20th of September. And then 9-11 happened, like, really? Nine days prior to us going out. Wow. And obviously all the airlines shut and mm. the holiday companies closed down and whatever. And, and we were like, we're screwed. We're absolutely screwed. Mm. And the client pulled the budget um, and drove away straight on the phone and he, he phoned them up and he said, look, the agency will pay you for the shoot to go ahead and then you reimburse us in three months' time or whatever, which mm. was all agreed and whatever. Yeah. So they actually, the agency actually paid for us to continue to go out and, and, and actually do the shoot. Mm. And it was only later that then they paid and then sorted all the media out and whatever. But um, Very dry, it was so that. close to not happening. You know, exactly. Very I think nice. anyone else, it had just been, well, that's a bit tough. You know, yeah. it is what it is. Type but thing. someone believed in the work and pushed it forward. And yeah, that's good. Yeah. He's brilliant like that. Yeah. Should we move on to NSBCC? And it was before. A year before, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. again, this was another one of those briefs where, where the previous campaigns have been phenomenal and award-winning and whatever. And, and um, it lands on your desk and you're excited, but also shitting yourself at the same time going, this has got to be good. Uh, and like I say, I think we were, we were only two years in when we did when we did this, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it was an open brief to everyone and everyone was putting campaigns in. Uh, I think it came down to a weekend job, didn't it? Didn't we come in on Saturday, Sunday, yeah. work on it and they bought it the Monday? Should we just, I'll describe one of them. I, hopefully people remember them, but um, they're very sort of lovely, soft, uh, focused shots of a, a parent with a newborn. Um, one of the headlines says, by bedtime she wanted to shake him like a rag doll. And then the subline says, Constant screaming can push any parent to the limit before you cross the line, stop, full stop. So they were very, well, I remember seeing them from a distance thinking, oh, those look nice, <laughs> you know, as yeah. like a punter would. And then you lean in and you go, oh my God. And it's, it's really shocking. They're still shocking now. Um, but that, I think that's what's, what's great about them. And, and art directionally, they feel like something you'd see in the doctor's surgery on the wall. And that's, you know, a greeting card. You know, there's a, there's a, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is something we still do is try and look at every, well, all the work that's been done, not just by, you know, the NSBC or all the charities and then what can you do? You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, when the world zigzag, yeah, thought is do the opposite. You know, and in 1830s, there were, there were a lot of it was headlines, so we did something visual on this. Yeah, a lot of the time, it was all very shock tactics. There was a lot of, you know, quite harrowing shots of children and abuse and, you know, dark, scary things, and which are great and, and, and you know, very powerful. But, you know, we were like, well, what's the opposite of that? Let's try and do a Pampers sort of visual and then, you know, kind of have, have the headline do the, the, the yeah. kind of shock things. So brilliant um, art direction. As well, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that you. We didn't have the police on this one. I'm always interested, though, because whether you, as a team, work. The reason I ask that is because sometimes some teams would work with a designer like a, you know, Roger Kennedy or a Scott Sylvie, or do you do your own? Do you do you two go right? We're really happy. I'll just give it, a, you know, I just need a nod from a designer, or you. Because some teams are much more open, going give it to the designer, see what we get back. Are you quite happy, and you you want to be 
aren't directing it very tightly yourself. Yeah, I mean, to, to a degree. I mean, we're not one of those teams as well where it's just like, he's the art director, art director and Mike's a copywriter. That's not the case. You know, we both do bits and bobs. Mike's, you know, got a really good eye as well. So, you know, it makes my job a lot easier. Um, but I mean, with a designer, we'll always have a thoroughly thought out scamp and lots of reference. And then, um, yeah, on, in the, on both these cases, actually, this on the 1830s was with uh, Scott Silvey. Yes. He was actually now at Adam and Eve. Is he? Oh, yeah, so hello, Scott. He did, he did Project 84 with us as well. And oh, Bob, so he's amazing. Um, uh, but we had a very clear um, idea for this because it, it was, yeah, we need soft focus, yeah. very nice, loving images. Were they shot? Did you originate the shots or were they stock? Stock. Yeah. Stock. We knew that we wanted to use like pastel colours and, you know, things that you find quite comforting, I suppose. And then... Yeah. To Mike's point, even art direction headlines like that, so they feel quite cutesy, um, all played into that mm. of Actually, it's quite mm. hard hitting. Do you remember where they went? The placements? Do you remember the, where the posters were? Um, no. Bus stops. And... There were a lot of bus stops. Um, yeah, six sheets. Yeah, you're right. Mm. When did you, because this, this was obviously before 1830, and after that, you did the, well, we haven't got them here, actually, the wreaths. But we should put those up as well. And I remember seeing those, thinking they were really powerful. Um, how did that, did that idea? You know, when you you know sometimes when you work on a brief, thinking, "Oh, that's a good idea. We'll keep that in our bottom drawer." What was that an idea you'd had of like a long time previous? The wreath thing, or was it something when you got briefed again and you look, you might have looked at this and thought, well, "We can't do anything like this now. Mm. We've got to go somewhere completely mm. else." I think that was a separate. It was a brief, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. We had quite a good run because this was like our second year, then the 1830s or the third or whatever, and then we followed it up. And there was a bit of pressure on that because we were like, 1830s have done so well, this needs to be decent mm. as well. Um, but that was, I think that was more about abuse, where the, the, the Reese one was specifically about deaths. Yeah. Um, so obviously, from that, we got to Reese quite mm. easily. I remember the Reese stuff, and I was sort of, I was, um, I thought it didn't actually do half as well as I thought it would do. I think it did well at one or two shows, but it didn't. It's really weird because I thought, oh, God, that's, that's really yeah, so good. It's so visual. You know, it was like, yeah, uh, we should, um, yeah, we'll try and get yeah, we'll post. We'll post those yeah. on, the, on the post. Should we move into, um, into your time at Fallon? Yeah, that'll be quick. And then we're off to Pumps. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, this was weird. Dan and I were chatting about this, and I think I mentioned earlier, but um, I thought, oh, yeah, they were there at Sarchi's and they went to New York with Droger and all that. And then I remember these brilliant Ben and Jerry posters. Um, <clears throat> I think, oh, Ben and Jerry's, they weren't at Sarchi's, and they weren't there. And like, oh, my God, yeah, Fallon. So you, you basically had a very quick in and out um, at Fallon. How was that? Was that a... You don't, by the way, don't have to go into it if you don't want to. But no, whether it's like you did a year there, and then you and then you went, and I. But was there? A, was it because Drogo said, "Look, yeah. get over here, yeah. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah, we went there, and you know, it was it was very different to Sarchi's. And then you know, the reason we left was because Drogo sort of came came knocking and said, "Do you want to move to New York and, and work with me?" So kind of hard to yeah. say no to yeah. that. But, yeah. but um, Fallon was a massive learning experience for us and, and, and one that definitely made us much better as a creative team because before then we had never written a head, like a proper headline. Right. And Rich and Andy were very headline based and we went in and going, 
you know, from our Toyota days, and it's like really clever visual thing. And they were like, no, 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 go and write some lines. Really? And we were like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was very, very hard, but you learn very quickly. And yeah. we learned how to write properly. And, 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 you know, that was, that was one of the good things about, you know, working with you know, different ECDs and you know, great directors is, you know, you, you have to push yourself, otherwise you just become, yeah. That one thing, and you know, that's saying that we have been very aware of not to be that team. You know, we try to have a, a range of work that across all different things. It's very different. We don't want to be the funny team or yeah. the, the charity team or whatever. So, yeah. you know, go, going to going to fun was yeah, because these are um, they're beautiful um, illustrations, great headlines by the way. Um, yeah. But uh, I particularly like crammed full of cream, especially if the cows are having a good day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, these were written with Juan Gabriel as well. We can't really claim yes. all ownership of these. No, um, I was going to ask on that. Did Was the style set before this or did you set it? Because it's very graphic. It's very, it's very colourful. It's quite like the Ben and Jerry's packaging, I was thinking, like very big colours and fun. Was that something that Juan and Rich and Andy wanted to push or was this something you'd... Yeah, I mean, the, the, it was Parrot that did the illustrations, and, and that was his right style. But it it suited the um, suited the campaign perfectly. Uh, there was one other as well, which was about um, preservatives. Right. I think they, um, we only use preservatives. We prefer to call them lids. That's it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, oh, which, which is nice. Can you, can you send us that? Send us yeah, that of course. Yeah, I, I like the nuts one because you can't read the line. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah, no, it was a nice campaign, that. Yeah. Okay, so look, let's uh, let's have a quick trip to New York so, um, because I'm obsessed with timelines. Joe calls and says, get on the plane. Come yeah, New York. pretty much. Um, Packed your suitcase before you even said yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we'd have, we, we would have definitely stayed at Fallon longer than we did um, if that call, call, call hadn't come through. But it, because, you know, we were huge fans of uh, Andy and Rich, I mean, as a team, I can't think of a team that even comes close to them. They're yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and especially for me, like, Rich was such an amazing art director. I was like, Christ, if I'm going to learn anything, it'll be from from him. Um, but then Droga phoned and, and he was like, look, I'm now global ECD of publicists. And we were like, I don't know I want to move to publicists. Yeah. But you've got to move for the people. So we... Yeah, we were like, okay, cool. Let's let's go. We've never been to New York before. I was going to say it's quite a brave, exciting thing to do. But I suppose if you're young and you know not too settled, mm. why not? Yeah, and it was. I mean, living there was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, work there was not great at the time. Yeah, I have to say it was. It was yeah, I remember Dave saying to us previously he'd looked at Can and the whole of New York, all the agencies combined had won one bronze playing and can. He's like, all I have to do is win two. <laughs> and then I've, you know, I've raised the game. And it was just, you know, a very strange time for, for advertising, I think, from, from that sort of yeah. part of the world. And, um, and I, think, I think the main thing with that is that the budgets are so huge that you've got, if there's 10 levels of hierarchy client side here, there's 50 there. Right. So right. The, there are so many, many, you know, so many more opportunities in which the work can get killed. Mm, yeah. Um, because people are just so much more nervous because the, the figures that you're working with are, are 
you know, 10 times. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. We were there and in the first three months, they flew us to Seattle because uh, Hewlett Packard was at the pitch. Right. And they flew all these different teams in and we were, everyone was having a briefing. And at the end of the briefing, the guy said, that, um, has anybody got any questions? And somebody put their hand up and said, yeah, how much is this piece of business worth? And the guy put the question back to him. And he said, well, how many days are you here for? And he said, 10. He said, well, think of it as 100 million a day. So <laughs> you're like, holy shit, this is, yeah. this is serious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've gone from having 30 grand to shoot 1830s <laughs> to now you're talking billions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we struggled a little bit, just not, not us personally. I think everyone did. I mean, the, the amount of work that was coming out of publicists at the time was few and far between, wasn't it? It was just like glacial, the amount of work that came mm. out. Mm. Mm. Um, and that was the ultimate reason why Drogo left and set up Drogo 5, because, you know, it, as much as he could do trying to pull in one direction, if the agency or the, 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 the you know, the network's trying to go in another direction, you're never going to Born out of frustration. Yeah. Maybe that was the thing that drove him to do it, you know. Oh, it was right. definitely. Yeah. Well, you can thank him for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, you came you came back to a little place called Abbot Mead Vickers um, and put your mark there. I think, for, was it 10 years? Is that right? Oh, 11. 10 and a half, yeah. 10 and a half, 11. Just, um, left just after the testimonial, there's the uh, football analogy yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, you did a lot of work there, obviously, on many clients of work, but obviously we're just talking about um, billboards. And I wanted to chat about a couple in particular. One was for ADT. So I hadn't actually seen this before. I don't know why. I've done some research the other day, and I think, oh, those are cool. Those are like sort of, they're, um, they're large pieces of wood in people's windows, which have obviously been smashed and broken into. It's that kind of shot where... Um, so someone's sort of boarding out the windows before they get them fixed. Um, and it's for um, an alarm company called, is it ADT? Right? Yeah. yeah. So, which I think is brilliant. It's such a clever idea. So did you do it for real and then took the shots off them as well? Or how did it work? Yeah. So yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, the idea was if people have been broken into, you do see those boarded up windows, and why not try and use that as the media space? Um it didn't get used as much as we hoped because we, we were calling around, you know, the companies that bought up had you know the windows going, oh, can we collaborate? And I think a lot of people got nervous about advertising the fact that they'd been broken, broken into. into yeah. So um, it ran it ran, you know, a couple of times, but we we, we were phoning around everywhere going, hey, hey, we you know. No, it's such a clever thing. I mean, did the client it's just one of those things, it's just it just stands out. So much, you know, you could have just said, "Oh, we'll do a poster with it in," because it's not as good. It's just not as good as. Um, I love the typography as well. In a way, it's just slightly. It's got it's sort of slightly off off skewed look to it, and it's been copied. It's been copied now a few times. There was a um, there was a garage entry for a um, one of these kind of zip car companies in Germany in Cannes last year in outdoor. And it's right, just, you know, same concept, but. No need for the garage anymore. It's now the band spot, or there's somewhere right. that you tinker with um, yeah. with metal workshop or something. So it's right. not, not a garage for your car anymore. It's a it's an extra oh, yeah, yeah. house, and you know it's the same thing sprayed on. It's that this is the band's um, practice area. I mean, I think I think that's what's the interesting thing about our home that it doesn't have to be just your traditional, yeah. you know, paper posted up on a site. Yeah. I think 
you know, we were talking about Belford and Roberts earlier, you know, the amazing economist out of the light bulb. It's, yeah. it's, you know, you can elaborate on top of that and, you know, do ambient warms or special builds or whatever. There's so many things that you can do with it. It hasn't just got to be, you know, on paper. No, I mean, that's what I love about the medium, the fact that you, you know, a, a cracking billion, a cracking a brilliant billboard such as your 1830 is, is as valid on this sort of series as stuff like this. I mean, outdoor for me and Dan is is everything. It's it's great if it's on paid for legit media spaces, but it, it can equally be something which is just a stunt or something happening because that's the space where, like you're saying, Mike, earlier, where you go, right, that's cool, I'm going to take a photo of that. And that spreads like wildfire across mm. social, which is the, the currency now. Yeah, out, um, outdoor's been going through a rebrand for years and it's kind of now known as out of home and on all media plans out of home. And it's and I think that allows it to be more than just a billboard or a poster. I think the fact that it's just not in the home, it could be anything else. Um, and it's probably a nice segue to the, to the Calm Project 84 because it's a non-standard space that we're talking about kind of looking at the um, the outdoor space, the out-home space and going, what can we do to grab people's attention and to, to, to get them to learn something? And, you know, that, that does it because it makes, for the same reason that people don't want to have it in their windows, it makes mm. other people read it. And that's... Uh, yeah. That's the, the, I mean, it was quite interesting with that brief in particular because ADT obviously do burglar alarms, but this was like a specific monitoring system mm. where you've got cameras and things. Mm. Um which at the time, I mean, it was a super tough brief because you're like, hold on a second, we can't really slag off burglar alarms, but then I don't know how we do the monitoring system without doing that. So yeah. that was like the only truth that we could really think of is, is you know, you hear burglar alarms all the time, yeah. probably, you know, five, six, seven a day or whatever, and you just ignore them. You walk yeah. past, you don't yeah. even give a, you know, a second glance to them. Um, and that's where the idea was born out of that, basically, that nobody, you know, that nobody batters an eyelid now or, Mm. notices them so. it's interesting it's, I mean it's an interesting fact when I read it I was thinking oh yeah I, you know if I had an alarm I would definitely buy into that we should seg next just before we do calm um, into GE because I imagine that that's an even bigger kind of uh, unusual use of as Dan saying out of home um, I mean this is a, an enormous project um, where you actually grew flowers to evoke um, artists was it, was that the Van Gogh? Yeah. 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 So could you just give us a bit of a quick bit of background to how this came about? Because this is pretty unusual. Um, did they ask for such an audacious thing or did you give it to them? Or? The, the brief was an absolute shocker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to work on it. So it's basically um, the National Gallery had got, they installed these new, turbines or energy generators or something and that was basically the brief talking about their green credentials right quite right um and whilst they were having them installed they got all this scaffolding up and they obviously had to board up the front of the the gallery so um people couldn't see what was going on behind it basically so that was the canvas that we got to work with we're like what the hell are we going to do with that um um, because obviously, because you know it's green and talking about you know making the planet better and blah blah blah. Well, why don't we do something with the poster itself? Why don't we try and make yeah. a green poster so we'll we'll do like a living wall? So that's where the idea came from. And was it? Did they reckon on how how big a number it was going to be? Was it? A, 
No, it was brilliant actually because they were we were doing it with another team called Mike and Bird, and they'd also got a TV ad on the table. Right. So the, the client's attention was all on the TV. It's like you know that's where the money's going, and Mike and I were just happily trotting along, growing a few plants, doing this yeah. type thing, but, <laughs> doing um, green fingers. It was quite interesting because we we thought with an idea, just like we'll just we'll just get like a nursery on board and they can grow a few plants and it'll be a piece of piss. It's not a problem. Um, and the, the, this nursery that we got was actually down on the south coast, or whatever. And we used to go down every couple of weeks <laughs> on the train to see these plants being grown. But it was so technical; they'd got every single plant dotted on this computer like matrix, so they could work out obviously the colour that it would flourish into, the size of it, the spread of it. Wow! So when it was planted, and a sun track of where it was going, so they knew what it was going to get. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but it had to be quite accurate. Obviously, like we obviously needed to know what the plant would be like once it grown, because it had to depict this mm. this this image, this Van Gogh painted so accurately. Um, and then it was it was in Trafalgar Square. I can't remember how many months it was. It was like three months or something like that. It was, mm. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. It was up a while, but it did really well for them. Yeah, it's amazing. It's brilliant what you can get out of a brief. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be given. Um, just some like bordered up <laughs> yeah. side of a building. You're like, oh, Jesus. Thanks, plywood. We talked about um, in the last series, we talked about fresh salads, the McDonald's piece in Chicago that used the same board as the sundial. And there was, the, you know, they had this NASA scientist doing all of the sun tracking to make sure they were telling the right time for the sundial and to make sure that those salads were getting enough sunlight and watering to make sure they lived over, yeah. the, over the campaign yeah. period. I'm sure it's the same with this, with your, um, with your horticulturalists. Yeah, because when it first went up, it was just green. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> We're really putting this up. <laughs> <We're laughs> <seeing the virus. laughs> this is not going to work. Well, because it? it was waiting for the... Yeah, so then they were all just going, you know, you're awesome standing there going, bear with us. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be all right. Give us a month. Give yeah. us a month. Um, but yeah, it was all undercover. And then they were like, this is very, very green. But yeah, luckily they, they knew their plants better than we did. We should um, we should move on to Adam and Eve. And um, yeah, you know, by the way, all the brilliant work you do, I know we're not talking about, but we're obviously, uh, we love all the other stuff you're doing, but this is a, a thing about um, billboards. So we, we, um, we're very appreciative of all the other stuff, but I think um, we really want to talk about CALM and Project 84, which has obviously been massively... Um, awarded and talked about and I was telling you earlier I'm always playing your, your case study video to clients and creatives to try and get them into this sort of space of not seeing things in boxes but what you can do with the outdoors so um, could you just give us a tiny bit of background again about how it came about you know was it an existing client Adam and Eve or was it something you two found or how did it come around uh, no they well, it was a new client to, to Adam and Eve but they um Approached Adam and Eve, saying, "You know, we'd love to work with you as an agency. You know, we're we're a fairly small charity, um, and and we we don't have much money, but we don't want to act and behave like a charity. Right? Um, we want to do stuff that gets talked about, that people notice. Um, and you know, all respect to to, to Simon Calm, um, and he's been true to that. He's he, you know." He knows what's worth. He, he was BBH, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, see, next ad got. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and and and, and you know, and they, they've been brave and, and and you know, and true to their words. So it was always a great grief. But you know, again, we 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 actually broke two campaigns and presented. Well, we presented three routes to them, and presenting four was one idea. One idea, right? And we did another one, which was using um, actual suicide notes, right? Um, which we really liked as well, and 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 then a third route, um, which was uh, you know, using faces of, of, of men that had um, right. taken their own lives, and, and and they said that that you know that would be almost impossible to pull off because right. nobody really wants to you know advertise the fact of, of who they are and the sensitivity right. with families and stuff. And they, but they said we love these two ideas. Right. Um, the other one was much more kind of achievable within the time, so we we, we implemented suicide notes. Um, so the one we're talking about, just so everyone's clear, is the um, it's it's Project Eighty Four. Eighty Four stands for the number of male suicides a week in this yeah. country. And what you guys did is you created eighty four mannequins, yeah, on the roof of ITV's breakfast show. Yeah, I mean that that, and the reason being was we obviously knew. Doing something like this is great, but you straight away were like, we need some kind of partner to make sure we get eyeballs on this and get some reach. Um, Can I go back a minute? Sorry. So did you come up with the idea for the mannequins and then when, or did you, you know, it's a kind of, it's a bit like anti-gorn, you know, the figures yeah, around. How did, he, how did he get to the idea first? I'd be really interested. Did you say, let's work with that number? Well, yeah, I mean, it was... The, the number, you know, and also, you know, when we did this, suicide and mental health wasn't that talked about. Right. And that was the whole point of this is we need to get people talking about it. And, you know, and to think that 84 men are killing themselves every week is pretty yeah. mind-blowing figure. But, you know, I think was you, you get so bombarded with facts and figures every day that you become a little bit amused. And, 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 and the, the idea was like, how do we actually make that number means something and you know visually when you see 84 it's a lot more powerful than someone saying to you you know yeah. the number 84 so mm. it was trying to find a way of really bringing that mm. fact home in a, in a really kind of powerful way which is kind of how we got to so i you know doing it this way it's very it's so striking but it, it's also it's that thing because you question what what are they you know look at them up there it's pretty clear what they are about to do but then you don't see their identities because the point you said earlier you, so you I remember hearing more and more about it and when I saw saw it just as a piece of graphic um, a graphic image I thought it was absolutely startling and incredible and I would have taken a photo of it and shared it and then I I saw the story behind it then every one of those people you got the family to be involved in it. And that, that really mm. choked me up. And I start thinking, oh my God, you've really, you've not just done, hey, let's just put 84 people up, uh, uh, you know, mannequins up. You actually then delved deep. How did you get, did you get those people as a result of the initial idea or, or did the client say, you know, we can have some families involved if you want, was it? Yeah, I mean, the clients, Karma like really involved with families, especially those that are and bereaved. Um, so they've got this whole database and contact details of, of all these different families. And at the time, we were like, it would be really lovely if, if there was like, you know, people actually behind mm. these figures as opposed to we've just, they're just random, yeah. 
you know, statue, so to speak. Um, so we spoke to Simon and, and at the time we were really nervous because we, like, we don't know how our families will react if, if we go and say, look, um, we know that your son is going to suicide or whatever, but we're doing this project. Would you want to be involved? And pretty much every family went, counters it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was a matter of we'd, we'd got the artist, this guy called Mark Jenkins from the States, who that was his thing. You know, he, he does these figures that, tend to be hooded and then the, the hoods are closed really tight, which worked perfect for the idea about people that are suicidal tend to like retract and go into themselves and become quite insular. Um, so the, the, his style worked perfectly. Yeah. And then it was a matter of, look, um, we're going to have these workshops, these open days for families to come down. And if you want to participate, then mm. amazing. Um, and making the actual sculptures, it's amazing process where you basically just wrap people in and sellotape. Right. He's got this special like packing tape, but <laughs> you basically just wrap people in tape and then you cut them out of it okay. and stitch it all together. The reason is because you get the nuances of everyone's body, so you get different shapes, sizes, mm. big, tall, you know. That's amazing. And that's why they look so realistic rather than, you know, sort of kind of you know, shop mannequins, you don't quite get that nuance of, they don't look real and, and, and it was important that yeah. these look like real. Yeah, they have a, they have their own individuality. Hmm. And did you wardrobe them as well with that? Yeah, that was that was all done over a couple of weeks. Um, it was basically, the, yeah, the budget, we had £100,000 to do it, which was paid for by a grooming brand, Harry's. Um, they came on board and said, look, we want to do this with you, so we'll pay for the whole thing. So mm-hmm. they gave us 100 grand. But even that, it didn't stretch too far, so we were basically going around just buying cheap clothes from mm-hmm. you know, charity shops. Bargain basements and yeah. charity shops and things like that. But we needed, it was a good way of doing it because, you know, we didn't want uniform, yeah. you know, 10 hoodies all the same because it would have looked yeah. forced and a bit fake. So each one's individual. So, so then at what point, sorry, just going back to the, the sort of partnership with the ITV, how did that, come about because that do you think I suppose you could have done it you could have just put them up anywhere mm-hmm. and made them like kind of like random Anthony got Anthony Gornley type things or do you think at that moment was that was when you hit the kind of touch to light speed going oh my god we're going to be with a partner you know national television how did that was that brokered by guys at Adam and Eve or was it it was Simon wasn't it he Simon. he was look, we've got a partnership, we've got a really good relationship with ITV, uh, in particular this morning with Phil and Holly. Um, and he's on the, he's on their couch quite regularly talking about the issue of right. mental men's mental mental health. And he said, I'm gonna to go to ITV and propose this to them, see if they want to get involved. And straight away they were like, Brilliant, we'll we wanna do a whole week of men's mental health and we'll kick it off with this. This is on the opening day on the Monday. And then we'll follow up with various families coming on the sofa and talking about their experiences yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then also, you know, often the, 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 the use of their building is where we can put it because, you know, originally we were like, where it's so important where you put these. I was going to say, yeah. Um, you know, to, to, to really kind of, you know, not only get eyeballs on, but also have impact and, you know, yeah. kind of. On the on the South Bank, kind of the perfect position. Well, you like, you know that there's that I, I love these sort of weird conversations, things that you get involved with in advertising. Did you have to get permission and to put something on top of a building, and did you have to work out wind speeds and yeah. all this kind of coping? Yeah. If yeah. you could sit all the scaffolding behind it, it's ridiculous, really. Yeah, I mean the, the statues were going nowhere. It was crazy. 
And it, it was quite a, an interesting build because obviously we couldn't put, start putting them up one by one. So mm. it was all built on a system of scaffolding that we could literally, the morning of doing it, just kind of have them kind of come, come up to the, to the thing. So they were all kind of on these. But how, so how can you, it's so well, I mean, this shot we're looking at of the, you know, the foreground and the background, you don't see any scaffolding at all. Hmm. It's very well. Um, yeah, well it was interesting actually because when we first started talking to ITV, because they're in two different buildings, they were only going to give us this this one here, which is only front two stories high. Oh, no, you want the so you're, you're, you're straight there. We were like, if they were to jump off that, you'd probably sprain your ankle. You know. Yeah. You know? Um, so we said, look, we, we'd love the, the the tall building. This can't can't possibly do it. You know, we're moving out that building as well, and there's this issue and that issue and whatever. Um, and we went down and plead with them again and said, look, please, can you have this? And at the end, they were like, okay, yeah, you can have both. And it worked out perfectly where on this bottom, the lower building, we had 12, um, right. 12 figures, which obviously represent per day. Mm. And then we had the, the remaining figures on the on the tall bit, and it worked particularly. We couldn't have asked for more, really. And was it always going to be on the one building, or originally was it sketched as 84 buildings in London? No, it was always always going to be on, on one. Again, just to really bring home that, that, that number. Seeing 84 in one yeah. day, yeah. Yeah, because I suppose if you put them in different ones, because I was thinking, like, well, if you hadn't got this deal with ITV, would you have dotted them around <coughs> Britain in different places with that? But then that slightly dilutes, like you're saying, if you see the, the image, yeah, it's that, it's that but, you know. And, and this gets used quite a lot now, and I think it's quite good. It's like... What what what's the image that's going to go on the newspaper, or what's the image that's the visual? Well, what's the image that people will post? Yeah, and, yeah. And you make that powerful, and then you've got a very powerful idea. Yeah, yeah. Especially like if you, I, I worked on a thing called Truth Project, which was just speech bubbles, and we this was the thing I kept showing saying we wanted this, and we never got that far. But the amount of that's why I was interested about scaffolding because we were trying to float, fly these enormous empty speech bubbles on the top of buildings and we had to talk to air traffic controllers and wind and what was legal. It's a huge amount of stuff that goes from, you know, that little sketch on your pad going, oh, that'll be all right. Yeah. And then you, still, you still think the armies of people and stuff you have to do to get all the way around them to someone going, that's a good image, I'm going to share that. It's yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? The amount of hidden stuff you do for, mm. but if you do get it right, I suppose, and you do get that shareable image, mm. you'll make the front page of the standard, or you know, you'll you'll be trendy. Yeah, I mean, again, we were, it was one of those projects where all the stars just seemed to align, and yeah, it sounds like it just all happened. I mean, it does sound like there's such an Im Im immensely emotive thing, and like you said, Mike, three it's probably three years ago, three years like yeah. when I think we all think we talk about it all the time now, but. We probably didn't, we still probably don't enough, but at then that point, I think you kind of, I remember hearing about Calm and thinking, oh, that's a new thing. And I think when I was at JWT, someone was telling me about it. And I said, that's quite interesting. I never really thought about that. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. I mean, it was interesting that on the back of this, they had, they wanted to get signatures to get it into parliament. So parliament would have to talk about it basically right and the figure that they were aiming for i think was 14 there 14 or 40,000 anyway he got i think he got 250,000 signatures in in wow. a week brilliant uh, and then off the back of that obviously it was discussed in parliament and four months later they appointed the first minister for um, prevention, prevention of suicide 
which was amazing. So, victory, uh, yeah. I think, victory. yeah. I think of all the work we've done, whether it uh, TV posters or whatever, I think this is probably one that we're, I would say, we're probably the most proud of because mm. of the fact that that happened. It's led and, to social change. It's led yeah. to the conversation continuing. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, that's amazing. I mean, that, is, that puts all the other sort of awards and gongs into the sort of shade of it when you feel like you've, you've done something like that. Yeah. I mean, they've got... It's, it's so technological as well, all, all these different call lines. That, so Calm have got a call line. That basically, they've got some kind of AI um, technology in there that can actually assess whether the conversation that they've had have prevented a potential suicide because they, they can work out the severity of mm, right. the call and certain nuances in people's voices and blah, blah, blah. And they did some kind of calculation, but in the first three months, it saved, I don't know, 269. Wow. lives or whatever now when you start hearing things like that straight away you're like Christ I'm so happy we've done yeah. this and actually the job we do can actually mean something rather yeah, than yeah. we're flogging yoghurt or real, yeah. Yeah. beer or whatever it is so yeah it's particularly nice yeah, that's um, good it's it amazing. is fantastic work and I think that you know we're, we're pushing time but um, I think kudos to you both for, for, for specifically that and for it doesn't matter what awards and metal it wins but you know the, the the lives that it saves and the and the conversations that have continued since is um is is the real reward um thank you Chief. so if that's the best one in in the book in the the best one in the career there's got to be the ones that didn't happen and that's was one of the questions we ask everyone where's the what's the bottom drawer idea that you always wanted to do but um either client wouldn't buy or or uh, or you were too scared to put it in front of them are you still waiting for it now Still don't want to reveal it. <laughs> Probably the follow-up to this that we can't talk about. We can't talk about. <laughs> well, that's oh, fine. One yeah. to come, one to come. <laughs> it, was, it was happening. It was like a week away before then it was locked down. Well, maybe, oh, right, okay. Okay. Well, maybe there's chance. I mean, that's something actually we were going to ask about the front was what, you know, is there anything out, outdoor-y coming from Adam and Eve that you'd, you'd be excited about? But maybe that's, we don't want to jinx it. So maybe we'll... Uh, I mean, what, what there are a few, few good bits in the pipeline. That's, oh yeah, that could be good. Oh no, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it is it is that thing for us. We love seeing the the good stuff. Um, There's one other one we liked. Uh, I think TBWA did, which was like right at the beginning of lockdown. It was like a, a line cancer is still working from home or something like that. So right, that was real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a a great line. But um, we always like ask one other thing, which is a, a sort of kind of tips bit or a you know, little hints to people who are writing posters, whether they're young or just other creatives. Do you have any any sort of things you sort of live by or, you know, any sort of... We, we talked earlier about the kind of those, the junior creative teams coming in and you, you're not seeing enough of their, of their, their poster work or their out-of-home um, work in their books. Is that what you what would... You know, for the for young creative teams and and people wanting to get into the industry, listening to this, what's the the tip to um, to make sure their book is elevated in the stack that you're you're seeing? Um, I think it's what Mike touched on earlier. I think it, just obviously use what you're given and don't don't complain about what what you've been given. So if you're given that side of a building, then. Mm. You know, use that as a positive. Don't don't look away and go, oh, Jesus, I've got to use this. It's not even a proper post or whatever. You go, mm. There's still an opportunity there. You can do, do something interesting with it and then have a look at what everyone else is doing and try and do the complete opposite. I know that's easy to say and it's so cliched, mm. but it's the trick. You know, if, if, if everyone's doing headlines, do visuals. If everyone's doing visuals, do 
if I'm doing traditional, do yeah. non-traditional. Do you know what I mean? You always try and do the opposite, and you'll get somewhere interesting. I think. Yeah, and you know, and I, think, I have simply for young creative teams because I think a lot of people see out of home as maybe being old-fashioned, and it's like, well, let's do this tech thing here or, or this, this filter here and stuff like that, and, and it's you know, it doesn't have to be. Like you say, like it doesn't have to be a poster site. It's anything outside, yeah. and anything that stops people in their tracks and gets attention, and and, and that is is as relevant today as it's ever been. Mm. So I wouldn't shy away from it. I think it's probably more exciting than it's ever been. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's a good. And then obviously simplicity. I think. Yeah, distill the idea down to its bare bones because. I think a lot of the t- stuff that you see, there's almost too many messages that you're trying to get across or it's overcomplicated or the headlines are long-winded or whatever. Just, yeah, try and distill it down to its bare bones. And don't, a thing I've noticed in the last chat hour, hour is don't give up. Yeah, <laughs> some of the things you've said, some things have been put in your way. You've gone, right, well, we'll uh, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, a, a nice thing to, to yeah, end yeah. on. If you're going to do something great, you have to, you know, Gotta go for it, you? Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for coming in again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Always, thanks for having brilliant, brilliant, brilliant chat. It's been great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, that was brilliant. Um, I'm really annoyed. I really wanted to say to Mike, "Can I have a job?" Uh, no, although that would have been, <laughs> that would, you know, a couple of weeks. You never know. Um, are we still living the dream? So hopefully, Mike, uh, you're, yeah. living, you're listening to this. So did you spot it on some of my? Yeah, it was on everything. Yeah, when we were in Cannes one year, and we we'd all won golds, and it was all it was a lot of fun. And we were on a yacht somewhere um, in the bowels of this yacht, and we genuinely said to each other, "We're living the dream," and there was no sense of irony. We, <laughs> we genuinely thought that. So, Mike, uh, hopefully, we are. But it was it was dreamlike, wasn't it, with those two? Yeah, yeah. very good. Yeah, um, amazingly creative pair, and they've, well, they've been around the world with their work. So, mm. and just the, the whole calm thing, the, the Project Eight Four was that was fascinating. We could have gone on and on and that. Oh, was, do yeah. a whole thing on mm. the power of out of home to do good, and mm. they, that campaign stands. There's an idea. Literally do stands, that. Stands proud. Mm. No, it's great. So, um, really pleased about that, and um, yeah, more power to those guys. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, see you again, or speak to you again. Well, in yeah. when a week? Yeah, if you want. All right, and not do sure. much. Yeah. Right. Are you are you busy? Well, I've done the shed, so I'll be all right. How's the bread? <laughs> I'll bring you some. Do you want some? Yeah, yeah, I do. John, no? yeah, okay, right. Shit, it's lots of stuff to do now. Is it gluten free? Because I'm kind of intolerant. <sighs> End it. I'm End not it. really. I'm not really. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>